Hello and welcome along to G'day GEA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. I'm delighted to be joined this evening here in Bentley, in Sean O'Leary's kitchen. Sean, thanks for having us. No problem, lads. You're very welcome here to Patterson Road. Patterson Road. Great to be here. Giggles, thanks for coming along. How are you, lads? Are you good? We're good. We're good. So this is our All-Ireland preview show. Um, very special time of year in the hurling calendar. To, on today's show, we're going to be looking back at Clare and Galway. Um, we've got a very special Giggles Corner. He's been keep, keeping under wraps all week for us. So he says it's a special one. Looking forward to it. And then obviously the big one, we're going to be looking ahead to Galway and Limerick on Sunday. But just first up, we're going to have a look at some tweets that's come in. We got a tweet in from Tom Murphy at Tom underscore Murphy 32. Great episode from the boys. Claire management gets some kudos. Tip management gets a smile and interesting chat um, via the All-Ireland. Thanks for getting in, in touch, Tom. He's always listened to us and he's got that great blog going as well on the, the Banner Man. So keep the, the work up there, Tom. Um, and just so you might know, Giggles and Shawnee, this is our one-year anniversary. Wow. Yeah, one-year anniversary. 10th of August was the first episode. And um, we're 32 episodes on. This is our 33rd episode. We're still in the honeymoon period. We're still in the honeymoon <laughs> period. So I think they say the average for podcasts starting off is they normally get to 10 episodes and then they finish up. So we've passed that and we're into into the into the 30s and we're well on track, I think, hopefully to kick on for the rest of the year and into next year, hopefully, yeah. please God. I'm with O'Neill's on board as well. They've been a great sponsor. That's a good effort, yeah. Isn't it a good That's effort? effort? Yeah. Well yeah. done, lads. So just a couple of stats on, on the podcast, a little mini a little mini quiz. Don't look oh. at your notes, lads. I have it in the notes. But uh first question, closest wins a chocolate bar. <laughs> How many people have downloaded an episode since the tenth of August? Unique visitors. Unique visitors. Yeah. I'm gonna say fifteen hundred. Yeah. Shall I'd I? say eleven thousand four hundred. On the money, Shani. Well done. Did you look at the notes? <laughs> I looked there when I go. That's not unique. Is it? It is, it is unique. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I looked at it there with a mistake. I was like, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to look at that. Wrong. So, do you remember any other stuff on it? No, I didn't see any other stuff. So, go <laughs> yeah, on. No, no, honestly, God, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. All right, okay, okay. So, all right. Give it Giggles an easy one. An easy one. Sorry. Top five countries, Giggles. Top five countries for listeners Ireland, Australia. Did it have to be in order? No. Ireland, Australia, United States. England and Dubai which isn't a country but um, United Arab Emirates alright that's your five Shani um, can I just change the order Cause I think no no. I just go matter. top five I'll take top five you don't have to name in, in the order Ireland Australia United Arab Emirates um, UK and Belgium. No, Giles is right. Yeah, they're top five. I just, I just said Belgium. Yeah, concede the game. Yeah, they just could have copied them. That was a stupid question. Yeah, no, no, I was from Belgium. Yeah. We do actually. We All do right. have some listeners in Belgium. Um, top five cities. Shani, I'll go start with you this time. Even though you looked at these notes earlier. No, so I, did, I didn't so look at it. No, I didn't know. So um, your memories. Top cities: Melbourne. Not in order. I'll just take top five: Cork, Dublin. Um, Dubai, and we go London. 
Legal. Just, just to clarify one thing, does Kilkenny count as a city? It does. Oh. City or town? <laughs> city or towns? I was so going to. You could couldn't name Melbourne, Cork, Dublin, Kilkenny, and Melbourne, Cork, Dublin, Kilkenny, and Sydney. So it's Dublin, Melbourne, San Fran, Kilkenny, and Cork oh. in order. So, Sean, you and me are very popular in our own counties. Giggles, not so much in Warford, I know. <laughs> We've a lot of small rural towns <laughs> no, in Warford. No one's tuning in Warford. Oh, come on, oh, Giggles. Where's the support? No, no support from Dublin. What did you do to him in Lismore? Uh, That's why he's here. Yeah. You're sick of him. <laughs> I was banished. <laughs> so, look, keep keep up uh, the great listenership. We're really grateful for all the listeners all over the world. And it's great seeing that we get the breakdown of all the stats each week, seeing people from as far away as the Philippines, which is not far away from us, but you know, in far remote places, we have listeners in the Lebanon, could be some people out doing some, some army, work. army work or some service. So it's great seeing all that and there's always someone new each week and pe- people tune in. So we, re- we really, really appreciate it. And we're, fingers crossed, we'll keep it going for another while yet. All right, so look, coming up first, we're going to have a look back at Galway and Clare. Like the legend of the phoenix <laughs> All ends with beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Ah, uh, the force from the beginning We're now done in past the injury time Kelly has to go for distance The referee doesn't blow his whistle Ball comes out towards Dolan Dunaway Claire have the ball. Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre. They have to hold possession. The referee gets out of the way. Hand passes on. Donald Donovan is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. I have never experienced on, anything rest. like it. Blow it up, ref. Blow it up. Brian Gavin, blow up the final whistle. Surely he's looking at his watch and he's blown the final whistle. It's a draw for the second year in a row. It's over a week ago, but Galway and Clare certainly lived up to the billing again. Um, it probably wasn't the same quality as the other two semi-finals in terms of the score fest, but in terms of how it played out over the last twenty minutes, it was an enthralling finish. And giggles you have here in the notes is a bit of deja vu. Deja vu, yeah. You're, you're, you hit the nail on the head there, Liam. I think um, it definitely didn't have the quality. You could visibly see both teams showing signs of fatigue from 10 minutes out. Um, it was nearly like a game of tennis. I think someone described it on the Sunday game where the ball was going up and down the field between the backs. Claire set up with the sweeper. Um, and it just didn't work because Galway had the man mounting himself, Johnny Glynn at the edge of the square. They tapped over some points. Joe got on the, the ball very early. And Claire just found themselves one nine to three points down after 20-something minutes, which was the exact same scenario as the week before. Yeah, and that was like, everyone was saying, look, they can't get that start again. If Claire wanted to have a chance to win this game, they can't let that happen. And just watching it unfold was like, oh my God. But you still felt, even though the game was as it was ebbed and flowed, Claire is still going to come back into this. 
Yeah. J- just based on what we've seen in every other match this year, they weren't out. Like Galway weren't out of sight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in what we've seen comparably to other to other games, so they far, weren't. So. But like I mean, Claire Claire never really. My point of view, anyway. I, I, I don't. I think Galway always looked like they had enough in the tank and enough to push on. Claire never. It was all, you know, well and good getting the whole crowd behind them and, you know, having that little bit of a push to, you know, to get up close to Galway. But they never pushed on past Galway. Galway always had the, had the wool over them, like, and yeah, you were said, able to push on. You said that to Shani the next day in the WhatsApp. I, yeah. I put up that I thought, I won't say the word, but I'll say I thought Claire threw it away. And you were like, no, I didn't think so. No. Galway didn't get out her gear. But to st- I, I don't agree with that because if you look at Galway this year, right, they've won all those games. They're unbeaten. We'll talk about more in the preview. But Clear had nineteen whites. Now, like you can say, you should have come if they converted them, they would have won. Blah blah blah. blah. You converted even half of them, but they act, they should have put Galway away. That's what was why I was and trying to say. Like Galway were were hanging on. It's I, not as if they were coasting with a yeah. point up. And I actually went back. I actually went back that night and I, I watched part most of the game again. Yeah. And I watched those whites specifically, and they actually all come from pressure from Galway. Like the Galway backs did really really well in that replay. I, I, I agree with you a point some of, some of the ba- boys came from pressure but to me looking on uh, semi-neutral I was shouting for clear absolutely but it just looked like Galway were absolutely out of energy they looked like the champions on the ropes and Clare were punching with all their might but they couldn't land a sucker blow they kept shooting kept shooting they were on probably 60% possession I don't know what the stats say in the second half they got the two goals they got in for the chance of the third goal they missed it but they still could have got a, a levelling point mm. even the last play the game when Tony Kelly got the ball he started soldering up it was very similar to the point your man Morrissey got from Limerick where he actually scored it Tony drove it into the edge of the square picked probably the right man to hit it towards Aaron Shanahar but it was it just it just reminded me of, of nearly like Conor McGregor that time day. he was on the ropes it was only for Joe Canning pulling like points left right and yeah. centre winning ball handing ball out to what's his name uh, the fella from Old Moore the lad with the green helmet Burke Burke got two handy points yeah. that were given to him yeah. but those peripheral players like Kyle Mannion and Burke uh, weren't doing it it was Joe Canning Connor Whelan and Johnny Glynn were the only three forwards actually shown for Galway on the day and they dragged them through by a couple of points like I think Galway only scored like what is it nine or ten points after they got their 1-9 lead Galway went and 20 minutes without scoring exactly and, yeah. and, and you can you can lump in Dahi Burke into that equation as well because I, and forwards I, know, I know I know, yeah, I know yeah, you're, yeah. you're talking about forwards but like a lot of a lot of kudos has to go to Dahi Burke and Cahill Mannion. Aidan Hart especially stood up yeah. and was roasted the first day and like they really showed up. Uh Dahi Burke just showed again why I think he should be a hurler of the year and I think he's only a whisker away from it, but he probably won't get it because he's playing full back. <laughs> he but, was phenomenal to be fair, yeah. But interesting you picked out Joe Canning, like he was such a leader for them and even you could see how like he, the aggression he had in his play last week in particular normally Joe's on a fairly even keel you know what I mean he's he's always working hard but you never see the fire in his eyes yeah. but he had the fire in his eyes against Clare and he laid down a marker there to the Clare centre back but he went for one of the sharp puck outs and Canning cut him off and yeah. was up digging him with the hurl and everything after yeah. he was winning a couple of frees he was up in the ref's face he was up in Clare like you know he really reminded me kind of Henry, Henry Sheffield's performance in 2012 yeah. in that second half when he just took the game on for Kilkenny and Joe yeah. Canning played a very similar role for Galway. But one, I suppose, the standout performance for, for Clare was Shane O'Donnell. Yeah. And it's something that you picked out, Giggles, I think, 
earlier on in the year about Shane O'Donnell being so unselfish when he was always looking to hand off for the scores. He was trying to rather take his own scores. We saw him run down that centre defence, get that amazing goal. I still don't know how he did it when watching it back. Yeah. But he opened up Galway three or four times. Yeah. And you, you kind of look back, for some reason he, he let the shackles off for himself. Yeah. And was a bit more... And I think he's, he started to do that in the first Galway game. He was a good opening half, kind of got that first point to bring Clare back into it, was taken off actually was brought back on. But Thurless hit last Sunday and he just decided this is my day and he took his man on every single day. John Hanbury's a strong cornerback and two or three times Shane O'Donnell did the whole struggle the shoulder, threw him to the ground and either gave the pass or took the score. I don't know did he end up a one two or one three, but he was he was he was in amazing form and he single handedly because if you look at their other key forwards, John Conlon, Tony Kelly and Peter Duggan, I think between them from play they might have got two or three points between the three of them and they were the three players that really bossed the game for Clare when they took over the first day and they were just not in the game at all whereas Shane O'Donnell actually brought the fight he brought your man young Galvin Ian Galvin into it when he came on um, and yeah, it was like a one man show and to be fair now Aaron Shanahan when he came on was an amazing threat as well because they had yeah. that sticky player that got the point straight away and then obviously yeah. so lucky for and that goal and they went off the post yeah it was only a whisker away and, but yeah and, and look look O'Donnell was phenomenal. His footwork was reminiscent of uh, 2013 when he took Shane O'Neill to cleaners on both days. Um, but they were, that but goal was even more impressive because he uh, had to get oh around yeah. so much. Three the players. Way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with the Shane O'Neill one, he was just and running straight. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Dummy on David Burke in as well. Oh, just at the last, yeah. as the last yeah. touch. Like, Unbelievable. It was phenomenal. And, and but that, like, that brought clear. Like, Claire were gone before that goal. Were. And that lifted the banner roar and they got them going. And Duggan got. He set up the goal. Everyone forgets that he. Sprinted past two Galway players to win the ball on the sideline. Was about to do one of these stupid over the head passes in. Controlled yeah. it. Took a little look. Gave it to Duggan. And Duggan had a lot of work to do in fairness to him when it's he got the ball. ball. He got a fantastic goal again. And you think, Jesus, Galway are like what the, the 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 boxer analogy I think is really good here because Galway were on the ropes for that whole second half. They were landing one little punch as a point every now and again just to keep themselves breathing. And only I I think I think. Clare lost the game as opposed to Galway winning it would be the way I would put it. I clearly. would put the same because I have to agree with you. I, I do take your point, Shani, and I, I I agree with you because Galway have won. Yeah. Yet again. Like, yeah. you know, they've come out on top. But I just really feel if I was a Clare person, wherever Uncle Kenny lost to Limerick, they drove all those wides. I was like, you know what? No, Limerick on the day, you know, they deserved it. But if I was a Clare person walk away from that game, I would be just devastated. Yeah. A week later, I'd be still devastated looking back at all those chances. And not, I know you didn't convert them with the pressure, but still, no matter what, and that, you know, it's Shannon Hurst's chance and everything. I know. I, I you know, look. I got. I, I, I take your point, and a lot of it came down to as well. Clear gave away a lot of silly frees in the second half, as well, which yeah. kept Galway in the game. Mm. That was they. They were. They were. Um, I guess subject to their own downfall the way they went about it, and their big men didn't really stand up either. I mean, no. uh, Conlon, look. He, it's not the fact he didn't stand up it's just Dye work was so good like, yeah. 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 and um, what's his name uh, the wing forward Tony Kelly or Duggan Peter Duggan Duggan, yeah. Duggan was very poor yeah um, just marked out I think Aidan Hart and uh, Kyle Mannion yeah. just seemed but it, go, to it goes back to Michael Dunhu as a tactician like he got his matchups spot mm. on Joseph Cooney yeah. back wing back he oh, played half back for his club he just destroyed uh, Duggan in the air who was yeah. like the one puck out target Clare had uh, Aidan Hart whether he was playing as a sweeper or whether he was marking he David Reedy it, it suited him to play in that position and then they put what's his name Johnny Cohn and Tony Kelly who was a natural back 
and Johnny Cohen followed Tony all over the field. Probably one of Tony's quietest games this year. year. One of the last pucks of the game. He was back in his own 21, gathering the ball. Like, what was he going back to? Tony Kelly got the last two balls for Clare in his own half. You you probably said, you know what? Probably the best lad to get, you'd rather put the field. Put one out over the sideline, and the second one he put over the end line. Yeah. Like, it was just like, don't let the ball go dead. Yeah. I, like, he wasn't going for a point that time. No, he wasn't. He was going for Shannon. He was yeah, going yeah, for yeah, Shannon. Yeah. It was yeah. like, leave him short. Give him a who, chance at least. Was someone body checked um, Shannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just so, left to see out. the ball out. Yeah. 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 Pure old style fullback. Like. Yeah. So it was it was very disappointing from that front. But just before we, we wrap up, because I'm conscious that we have a lot to get through on the Gala Limerick preview, um, the free that Duggan had to level. Oh, yeah. And again, he got blocked down. Like yeah. as a free taker, that happens you once in your career in in winning a couple of matches. You just make sure it doesn't happen again. That's the second time that's happened to him in recent weeks. It happened him the first days, or was it in the monster final against Cork? Yeah. It's just it's interesting one, right? Free takers have a really tough job, and when they're on their day, they're given the ten out of ten accolades, and when they miss two, they still might have scored eight. Do you know what I mean? But the getting two blocked are focusing up, on it's hitting them wide up. Oh no, I know, but but to, uh, he's like similar to TJ. His trajectory and how he hits the freeze is very low, and you can yeah. see that even when he's out on his own hundred yard line, the ball never goes up high into the sky. It goes so that's just the way he hits the freeze, and like. I remember it was it two years ago TJ missed two or three frees and everyone was on top of TJ for missing a couple of frees Joe Canning missed two or three frees in All-Ireland one year and like Jesus Joe been missing the freeze what's he at like it's, it's a pressure puck and when you get out of you, when you're on your rhythm and freeze they'll go over every single puck you just have the confidence Peter Duggan was having a poor game right by his yeah. own standards and he had missed a free in the first half and he probably just wasn't confident standing over that He's free. Mint, mental, he he yeah. should have drove it way higher than he did, absolutely. Yeah. But he was looking probably for the low trajectory. Was there a win there or not? I don't know. But whoever blocked it, whatever one in the back kept their eye on the ball. Was the a was block. Up. It shouldn't have happened. But I, 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 myself personally, I'd be low to kind of criticise a free taker. And I know he should Being have definitely taker scored. Being no. a free taker myself. But it, it's just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Though. It's a tough one. It is frustrating for clear people, definitely. But it, and, and it's just, uh, just there's an anomaly of mistakes. And that's just one of, a litany of yeah. mistakes that they had and and was part of their, the reason why they lost. And look, it's not that um, Clare weren't good enough. Clare, like they weren't good enough on the day, but they're not, they're not a bad team. They have oh. progressed this year. I mean... Oh, they're, they're up there at the top table again like challenging it's just and I think the same goes for the Cork team as well like they were they were only a whisker away from getting into the final yeah. as well but like you, you stand back and you look at it in the cold light of day and like they just weren't good enough on the day and they're probably lacking both teams Cork and Clare who went down the semis are probably lacking a couple of more players like yeah and I don't think we can argue over the course of those two semi-finals the two best teams are into the final yeah. based on, on on both of those games or three games in total so look that's it for, for Clare and Galway Clare have given us a, a great year I think in terms of entertainment value and, and probably struggled at the start of the Munster Championship and came on a right good run towards the end within a puck of a ball again into an Ireland final so huge credit to them and I think they have I suppose since 2013 it's been another kind of breakthrough year from the they didn't need it really a, a big year this year and I think they've got it so a lot to reflect on but a lot of improvement done so coming up next we've got Giggles Corner you know when you get old in life things get taken from you I mean that's 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 part of life but you only learn that when you start losing stuff you find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, 
Life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die Who's gonna win that? Okay, it's All Ireland Week. It's Giggles Corner. He's been hanging for this one. We've had no Giggles Corner for. We didn't have any last week, Giggles. Did we? Two weeks ago, I think. Two weeks ago, because yeah. you wanted to come back with a bang for this week. Was it a bang? Okay, well, I tell you, I have a piece of analysis done this week, and it's called Inches, right? So you just heard the speech there. Um, and just before we jump into what, what, what I've got, eight different pieces of inches we just think about the narrative this year in the hurling championship right so cool are the club champions they started off the year they won the club championship Clare and Cork have made significant progress on last year that's probably the narrative Kilkenny in transition you'd say you'd have to say have done very very well they've won the league and they got a replay in the Leinster championship Dublin have improved Wexford have stood still Tipperary and Waterford have seriously regressed and Galway and Limerick are in the final. So if you're putting a narrative on the whole year in, in, in a couple of sentences, that's probably where we're at right now, would you? That was a great gig as Connor. Thanks for that gig. <laughs> You'd agree with that, would you, lads? Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree yeah. with that. that. Yeah. So in a game of inches, right, I've picked out eight defining moments that could have totally changed that narrative. And I'm going to run through them quickly with you here now, all right? Go for it. So to talk about the first one, and maybe we probably shouldn't have brought the club scene in, but Shane Dowling standing in Crow Park, 40 yards out in front of goal with about two minutes, uh, let's say 90 seconds to play in the All-Ireland Club final, has a free to put them four points up and he drives it wide. The same Shane Dowling that won the game for Limerick the last day. Cool, they go up the other end and they win a, you say, a soft free lean. Sean Moore buries it and we go to a replay. So in a game of inches... That one few inches that Shane Dowling drove that wide changed the whole narrative of the club championship. It wasn't two in a row for Kula. It would have been the Piercing two out of three years. All right. The next two I'm going to put in together because they'll change the narrative in terms of what we talk about Kilkenny this year. And first of all, I'm going to go back to the league quarter final. Conor Mahan Offaly draws the game level, Kilkenny and Offaly into injury time. The next puck out goes the Offaly wing back goes up to clash it. Walter Welch, as he would do, would slightly play the, the hurley, catches the puck out and puts the ball over the bar and TJ gets another equaliser. And Kilkenny win that game by two points and could have easily lost it. And you could imagine then, and I'm going to just actually talk about the second one, Farrell coming out with the ball for Dublin against Limerick in Parnell or for Dublin against Kilkenny in Parnell Park. is clearly fouled. Liam Blanchfield, fair play to him, picks up the ball, goes in and buries in the back right. of the net. So you, have a, you had a kind of a narrative around Kilkenny being... <clears throat> Doing really well. But could you imagine the pressure in Kilkenny Leem if Offaly had beaten Kilkenny in a league semi final or quarter final or they'd lost to Dublin? Just yeah, yeah. G- when you talk about the game of inches, it's it's very interesting. I'm I'm gonna go to you might think that this one is a bit of a stretch and it could be this fourth one. Um but Austin Gleason's catch against Tipperary. The umpire gave it a goal. 
it was clearly not a goal. And if Waterford had gone on to win that match, you would be talking about Waterford would have had a game against Cork where the winner would have taken all. The winner would have qualified, the loser would have went out. So it just would have given a different mm. perspective or a mm. complex for that last couple of games for Waterford. I'm not saying they would have won, but that game of inches again mm. would have been different. Now, the next couple, I think, we're getting to the meaty end of the season and these four, I think, for me, are, are key. So we talk about Tipperary seriously regressing. But then you have to go back and think about the 23 seconds of madness in Semple Stadium when Tipperary took on Clare. We talk about Clare being a seriously improved team this year. But if Jake Morris hit the back of the net instead of hitting the post, Ian Galvin never would have got that goal going up the field and Clare would have been knocked out of the Munster Championship at Watford yeah. and Tip would have been in the Championship. So in the game of inches and in seconds, Jake Morris hitting the post as opposed to hitting the back of the net. Yeah, we're allowed to. Liam is allowed to slag all the Tipperary people as opposed to actually. Tipperary might have gotten a run, and you never know what would happen with the talent that they have in their squad if they actually got out of Munster after their shaky yeah. start. Yeah, but they didn't. And they didn't win any games. They did. <laughs> um, three, <laughs> three more to go. So, go back to the Cork Limerick semi-final. Yeah. Did Owen Cadigan take more than four steps with the ball in his hand? I'll ask you that question, Shawnee, when he came out with the ball with about five minutes to go. He clearly taps the ball on his hurley and I think the referee didn't see it. And the referee, No, I remember that one. Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't. No. And I think the referee gives a free in to Limerick and it was, yeah. it was when they were five points down, they just got a point to bring yeah. them from six to five and Aaron Galan puts the ball over the bar. Whereas if Owen Cadigan had not been blown for that free and drove the ball down the field, would Limerick have got back? Now, you don't know because there was five minutes left and the character in this Limerick team has shown some seriously steady stuff this year. But again, we talk about the game of inches. If Owen Cadigan had, hadn't been blown probably incorrectly yeah. for that, it might have been Cork in the other final against Galway. And they have a great record against Galway. Uh, and the last two then both come in two of the different Clare-Galway games, both negative from a Clare perspective, but positive from a Galway perspective. If Cahal Mannion didn't cloud his fingernails for that inch, as Al Pacino would say, and sprint back from wing forward to get that block down on Ian Galvin, or if Ian Galvin decided to give the hand pass out to Davy Fitzgerald, yeah. Clare would be in the All-Ireland final, 100%. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Um, but the work rate from Mannion, he got back. He got his hurley in, an inch in just to get the block in, and Clare were forced to go to a replay. And then the one we just saw a week ago, Aaron Shanner hit the post in the 67th minute. If that ball hits the net... Galway as we just described were like the, the boxing champions on the rope they were gone and what's even more interesting is when you watch that video back as Shanahar pushes the ball brick flick style onto the post Shane O'Donnell starts celebrating I know and if Shane yeah. O'Donnell didn't and another, like we talked about how great he was if he didn't celebrate yeah. all he'd have to do was knee the ball into That's the right. net uh, but the ball goes past him and Claire missed their chance for, for an inch so if we go back and look at the narratives again, Kula, the club champions, could have easily not been the champions. Clare and Cork make significant progress. Cork, absolutely. But you could say Clare could have easily been knocked out. Yeah. Or they could have easily been in the other final. Kilkenny in transition, they had a very, very strong year. But one or two games earlier in the Championship of League could have had a totally different set of pressure on Brian Cody and the Kilkenny players if it didn't go their way. Dublin did improve. Wexford did stand still. Tip and Waterford, they did seriously regress. You could argue if Jake Morris had scored that goal for Tipperary, would, they would have been in the All-Ireland series If in, in, anyway. But what we have on this, what date is the final? The 19th of August? Yeah, mid-August for the first time ever. We've got Galway and Limerick for the first time since 1980. 
the last time Galway kind of broke a big drought, will Limerick break the drought this time? Yeah, it, it's fascinating looking back, going through all those calls and as brilliant giggles, Hello. brilliant giggles, very good, great analysis. And as Brian Cody said to Marty Morrissey after two thousand nine, our Ireland <laughs> final. I don't know what to think it was a penalty. You go through every other free Marty and say, was, were they frees as well? Exactly, yeah. But I <laughs> think... Give me a break. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's especially true, though, given the year that we've had, with all the games literally being a point or two or a draw either yeah. side. Yeah. That's why this year, especially in the Hurling Championship, I think it is a great yeah. metaphor, game of inches, and it's often used and a bit of a cliche, but I think this year... It completely oh, does. You could have thrown in the Harnedy chance as well. I think the Harnedy oh, one. I missed that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Harnedy one. <laughs> I for the thought you were going to put that in. Yeah. I used, yeah. I used, I, used it. I couldn't probably use two for the one game, yeah. actually, but if, the Harnedy one is... didn't get a dead leg, yeah. Clark could have won, well, won the, the flick, game. Well, it's the flick, it's the flick. If Harnedy got that goal, it was... Yeah. yeah. But look, I think that's... And we've seen that, obviously, Sean, you're going to be touching in, in the wrap-up around the football semi-finals, around the attendances. Hmm. We had probably the two biggest attendances for all Ireland hurling semi-finals to, to, was say cumulative this yeah. year in a long time yeah. and then the two football semi-finals are probably the two smallest we've had 54,047 or 48,000 yeah. I think Mon and yeah. Tyrone like you know what I mean and especially if Mon and Tyrone haven't been you know like yeah. Ireland final in such a long time it's it's really interesting and I, I don't want to do more hurling snobbery like but I think it's literally because Hurling has been so good that maybe a lot of neutrals who would go to those games have stayed away because they didn't just not there's no enjoyment in them you no. know what I mean there's nothing um, getting the casual sports fan into watch those games where we've probably gained a lot more neutrals this year into the hurling campaign than we have in other years oh, I, I was on the tram home last week and I met a girl from Armagh a ladies footballer and all she was talking to me about was hurling not football which yeah. and, and no offence to the Armagh people they wouldn't be known for their hurling stronghold now but uh, it was just a sign to me that actually yeah hurling has just surpassed football on a crazy scale this year, but the game of inches this year—it's be probably it's like I think we could probably say it's the best championship of all time. Definitely. Um. So fair play to everyone who came up with the, the structure. Um. And fair play to. You all were the slaying players. the gigas there to start. I was slaying the fact that you actually <laughs> had to play the winners of the Christie Ring and thing. Actually, that's. And what didn't I was you didn't get too hammered. That's right. Uh, who you were on about Cork getting relegated? Didn't play in Kerry. Remember <laughs> that big debate? That was just as using an example, like, just to prove a point, Johnny. You know, <laughs> I'd say every relegation <laughs> example, Cork were in it. <laughs> All right, that was a great giggles corner. Um, All Ireland preview special coming up next. We look ahead. We're four days out now from Galway and Limerick. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and, and because, like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, 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 I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love John Dry your eyes, mate. I know it's hard to take, but her mind has been made up. Plenty more fish in the sea. Okay, All Ireland final on Sunday. First All Ireland in August in a long, long time. I don't know when the last oh, yeah. All Ireland final was in August. We've had, we've just said Giggles probably the greatest hurling championship of all time. And arguably, we've got the two best teams on farm. We've One team has only lost once, Gal- or Limerick, and Galway are unbeaten so far this year in the championship in, the, in Leinster and All Ireland series. And the only team to beat them this year. In league is Galway or is Limerick? Sorry. Limerick, there you yeah. go. Beat them twice in the league. So, I think we're in for an absolute cracking game this Sunday. I can't wait for it. 
we're just talking here what way we're going to watch we'll probably either watch it in my house or pa's house sunday night we'll have a, a half 12 in the night throwing i'll do put on a bit of food a few kind of sandwiches spring rolls Few little things like few few cocktails, sausages, a few things like that. (laughs) Put on a bit of a spread. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Um, Flask of tea. Flask of tea. No, I'll just do a pot of tea. But giggles, you've highlighted. You want to start from the top on this managers and the tactics. Yeah, I I just I was thinking about it. I think we talked about I don't know who getting the tactics right for the second game, and he's a very tactically shrewd manager, and he generally does get his tactics and his matchups right constantly. And then on the flip side, John Kiley this year, while he probably hasn't had the hype put around him um, in terms of his tactical ability, he has got Paul Canark in his backroom team, who obviously was key game plan coach with David Fitzgerald back in 2013. And it's evident that Paul Canark's kind of fingerprints are all over this team, uh, even from a puck-out strategy where they leave the wings free and you drive the puck-outs down. So I think... Limerick will start with their starting 15 the way they've started the whole time. Um, by all accounts, by all accounts, Garrod McInerney is definitely going to be back. Uh, the, the word around Galway is he's definitely, he'll definitely be in at centre-back, so they'll probably move Joseph Cooney up front. Niall Burke will probably lose out. Whether they'll start Conor Cooney full forward or Johnny Glynn full forward is a question. Battery low. Oh, battery Jeez, low. Battery low, lads. <laughs> That's Shawnee's battery, is it? Yeah. He's fucking dropping off this um, year. But, Sorry, but I think I think Galway will probably make the more astute switches before the game, especially in defence and attack. Like I think they'll put I think they'll put Adrian Tuhi myself over on Darren Gillan. I think Adrian Tuhi's been the best cornerback along with Sean Finn in the country this year. And I think he has the ability to mark Gillan out of the game, whereas after seeing what Shane O'Donnell did to John Hanbury probably for two weeks in a row, I'd be a bit worried about that. But I just think there's an interesting um look there to see even before we get into the game what way do the two managers set up their teams and who will get it right tactically yeah and I think Jackie's heard alluded to that in his article in the Irish Times this week is like each manager now is trying to find those gaps in each team and Limerick probably do have the benefit we talk about the 14 day turnaround for Galway yeah. and Limerick have the extra week of recovery but also that extra week I suppose to do, to get the tactics right and to get their setups right and run through those training games, those A versus B games. But what's really interesting this year is the amount of games both teams have played in the All Ireland series to date. So normally you come in as a provincial champions in Munster or Leinster. Munster you might have played five games. Leinster you would have played four games. Yeah. We've had I think there's over eight games Galway have played and probably seven Limerick have played. So there's plenty of footage around on, on both teams. Everybody's showing their cards. Like. <laughs> Everyone is showing their cards. Yeah. And I don't know who, who was saying this during the week, but if you look, oh, it was Parik Marr actually, in an interview he did, he was on off the ball covering the, the game last weekend, was saying if you look at Galway and Limerick, their two starting lineups pretty much all year have nearly been consistent. True, And yeah. they're the two teams that are in the final. Yeah. So we probably won't see a whole lot of difference in personnel. Like you could True. probably name the 15 for both of them now, yeah. which is... If you look at teams who've been very successful in recent times, whether it was that Kilkenny team that the four in a row or that Cork team that went on and contested three All-Irelands, they had their starting 15 fairly nailed on. Fairly Indeed. nailed on. Yeah. And that was, Park Mara was alluding to, was a big fall down for tip this year was because they were chopping and changing so much. So, Shawnee, like, do you think that the 14-day turnaround is either a positive or a negative for Galway? Um, I, I think it's a positive, really, I think. I mean... If you if you sit, if you sit out of the game too long, you know there's too much analysis and players want to play and they want to get going again. I know 
And I don't think management either can go through. There's not much more the manager can go through um, in over two weeks, really. Like <clears throat> you say there about Jackie Terry looking at, you know, the gaps in the holes in each team. Like, But there's enough evidence this year on, on, on the basis of what how many games teams have played over the championship. Like Galway, like there's loads of footage in Galway to see what they actually did this year because they've had plenty of games where they're pushed all the way. And you had the Kikini game, and then you obviously had the Clare game. Like, there's four games there for analysis. Like, and but, that's but the hard, the hard, the hard decision. It's nearly harder knowing what they're going to do then because you have to make a decision. Exactly, yeah. And if you take, I think one of the key decisions Limerick are going to have to make is, do they tell Declan Hannan to follow Joe Canning or do they not? Right. Yeah. So against Cork, they told their half back line to sit in the half back line, and Daniel Carney ran amok. Right. And let's be, let's call a spade a spade. Daniel Carney is no Joe Canning. Right. So if you give Joe Canning. Daniel Carney's a very good player, by the way. No, 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 no. If you give Joe Canning, if you give Joe Canning what he's done uh, in terms of all of that stuff, he's going to he he could have eight points scored in the first half if he had that amount of room. Not only back. Joe Canning, there's there's other forwards there in the Galway team. Yeah. If you give them space, and we've seen when they've gotten space this year, they just open up a lead yeah. that they can just sit back for twenty minutes and not score at all. See, that's the thing, I think. But but it'll be interesting to see because on the flip side, if Galway, if Limerick just decides that they have to trust their full back line. That's very dangerous with Johnny Glynn inside, right? And Watford had to play the sweeper on him last year. But on the flip side of that, if Declan Hannan follows Joe Canning and starts to get the better of him, Declan Hannan is a serious attacking option then as well for Limerick. So I'm sure Limerick will actually work on something where not Keen Lynch, Keen Lynch will probably drop in front, but the other midfielder from Dune, what's his name? Not Adunahu. Oh, Malone. No, no, no he's from Clare. We come back to him. One of those guys is going to have to drop into the centre-back position if Hannan goes forward or else one of the midfielders is going to have to pick up Joe because Joe will start the centre-forward I think and I think he'll roam because he'll think the, goal, the Limerick half-back line won't go with him. Mm. And it's interesting your point earlier around um, Tuhi and Galan. you think that's what's going to happen. Jackie, interesting in the Times, thinks that they probably will put Hanbury on him. Yeah. And it was interesting how Jackie was breaking it down like you were saying about McInerney tried to play Galan from the front at times like you don't want to play Galan from the front because no. if you try to play him from the front and it gets behind the he's you're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And looking back at how Galan has played, he's he's probably got the heads up on every defender he's marked. And Jackie's point is none of the defenders are trying to spoil or grapple with him. Like yeah. do that just to put him off. They're trying yeah. to Contest ball clean with him in the air rather than just not letting him win the ball. That's what Columns landed in yeah. the last yeah. Year. He he tried to compete with him in the air. Yeah, was beaten in the air, and then just just sucked into the, into the ball in on on the ground, and just Galan didn't really have yeah. to do a whole pile because because Galan was competing in the air. He was still coming yeah. down off off that challenge, and same. Galan was gone. Yeah. He did the same against Kilkenny. Yeah. He caught balls yeah. over Paul Murphy, and he was gone. And like only for he dropped his hurl, like we we're talking about. Yeah. He was in for more goals. So that will be fascinating because I don't think Tuhi Tuhi's not a spoiler. Like he's more hurler than Hanbury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think yeah. if 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 they are going to go down that route, where look, Galan's going to score a few points. Yeah. You just have to take that. You're not going to go out and Galan's not going to score nothing next Sunday. If if, if to walk off the field and Galan's only score two or three points from play, that's a, a win. They'd be happy. A, a, a win for Galway, I would say. It'd be it'd be interesting though. I, I read Jackie's article when he sent it on. It's very good, and obviously he's the king in their cornerback. But it'd be very interesting to see. 
and we won't see it on the television. What kind of work does Aaron Galan do off the ball to get himself into these positions? Like because, like most cornerbacks in this day and age are going to stop and try and spoil you and grapple with you, and maybe that's happening. And maybe Galan is such a live wire and Mulcahy is such a live wire that they're constantly moving and they just can't because the two of them are, are lightning fast. I think that's what it is. I think that, that like there is so much space up there now at the moment. You don't have three in the full forward line, not really, not no. a whole pile anymore. And you, there's so much movement like that. You can't <coughs> like Jackie always played in a three on three in the full back line, and he always had, you know, there was a full back inside him or whatever like that. So he was able to stand guys up and wait for the cavalry to come back because you see on Larkin come back from from half hour to coming down yeah. to give him a bit of a handout. Like, but I don't know. I just don't. I don't think it's as clear cut as that now in this day it's, and it's age. It's the movement that, of the yeah. Limerick forwards, and it comes down to Paul Canuck's work with them that they're constantly because at some stage then you'll see Flanagan will be inside on his own. So obviously Mulcahy and Gillan will have come out. So they're moving in and out constantly, and it's it's very hard for a cornerback. You know, Liam, if, if a lad is coming in and coming out, and you don't know what the hell. If if he stands cornerback, you're delighted because oh, you yeah. hold onto his jersey Fact. and you'll stand in his ankles and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's what Jackie's talking about, and I'm sure Jackie was the ma- the master doing that. But it, he just backs just don't seem to be able to do it with Graham and with Aaron Gillan because they just their movement seems to be amazing. But I did I did enjoy his analysis on Graham Mulcahy that he scored something like 15 or 16 points this year in the championship and every single one of them have been off his left hand side even the two he was yeah. about to shoot off his right he checked back in and threw yeah. it over off the left so if, if John Hanbury or Adrian Toohey are marking uh, Graham Mulcahy the left. There, there's no point of going on to the right no, no. <laughs> but his footwork is so good it's he amazing him yeah, yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah, him, yeah. him and Shane O'Donnell are probably the two best you know, players, players you know, yeah. you know, and the, they've got the best footwork in the game I'd say and obviously we just in, while we're in the middle of this here we've got our, our referee signed up for the Ireland final we've got James Owens has been given the gig he was out here in Australia four years ago actually ref the Australasian games here in Melbourne did a great job and obviously on the back of that good work he's finally got up to referee the Ireland final he was he was well spotted out here but we saw I suppose the sideshow the lead up to the Ireland final James McGrath has resigned from refereeing on the back of not being involved in the not even the just getting a gig, but a, not even getting linesman for Sunday. And we saw him get a, a segment on the 6-1 News with Marty Morrissey, which was obviously a very slow news day in yeah. RT newsroom. It, it's probably, I'd say James is probably sick in that it was a slow news day because I think whether you're a player or whether you're a referee or whatever, everybody's throwing their ties out of the pram because they've got dropped at some stage. I know I've done it myself numerous occasions, but I'd never had Marty Morrissey down looking to interview me. And I think... Look, he didn't make the match today. No, but when when the match when the referees are announced for an Ireland final, I would say less than one percent of the hurling population actually take note of who the referee is. Generally, I well, take note now. Billy it's Kenny, <laughs> would want Barry Kelly getting it like right? Yeah, okay. But usually, usually it's not a big deal as a part of like because the referees at that level are very neutral these days, and it's like it's not going to be a big deal. But James McGrath has gotten he's been his bonnet. He shouldn't be news around the All Ireland final, but yet here we are talking about him because he got on the six one news. Look, for me, I, I I thought Fergal Horgan, by the way, probably just going back, probably ref the Clare, was it the Clare? Galway. Galway game terribly. It was his worst game ever, I'd say, as a referee, because he actually let too much flow. But one of the things that players like about Fergal Horgan is he does let it flow. And one of the critiques they'd have on James McGrath is he's way too technical and he pulls for everything. And the example I kind of talked to Shawnee about was when Patrick Horgan pulled in the air and he tapped your man's helmet in the 19, 2014 Munster final and he sent him off. 
yeah. for innocuous stuff, but that's the letter of the law. Yeah. So um, I think James McGrath has got two All Ireland finals in his career. He he he's probably made a mistake and he's reacted like rash. any ref. He's showed the ties over to Bram, and he, unfortunately for him, he's gone. Yeah. The whole country have seen it, and I it's think embar- it's embarrassing for him. We won't we won't dwell on it, but it was just ridiculous seeing it all over the news. Whatever about getting reported in the papers or in the forty two, but to see an actual segment on the six one news in the yeah. main part of the news, yeah. it was just absolutely bizarre. <laughs> but interestingly, we are looking at Galway looking to do back to back All Irelands. We haven't seen back to back All Irelands um, from another county since Kilkenny, since Cork in two thousand four two thousand and five. Um, it's been hard to do. It's interesting that Brendan Cummins had an article in the Independent during the week saying that the build-up is different when you are current All-Ireland champions. And even the, the year following winning, you're doing things that you might not have been doing if you had lost the All-Ireland final, whether you're opening a shop or you're at a medal presentation night. You have got jerseys to sign and you're fulfilling all these kind of gigs. That what Nicky English, he said back in 2002, post-winning in 2001, his big fear was, is there softness in here? That's why he's come into the dressing room. Yeah. And he's put the fear in Cummins. He was afraid that there wasn't. He didn't want that softness eking in. Yeah. And obviously, look, we've seen Galway this year. They've come through and they've had tough challenges. But that would be a not. I'm not saying it's a worry, but you know, yeah. is is there going to be that drive to get him over the line again on Sunday if if it gets into the melting pot? Like, or will Limerick have that bit more hunger? I think it'll be it'll be a concern in the Galway camp that they've let themselves be put into those positions on more than one occasion throughout the year. But again, you can. I guess they'll probably look at it on a positive because they'll have to really. They can't really be looking at negatives going into an Ireland final. That they'll that they actually pulled them out uh, themselves out of those positions and won every game, as you say. They are where they are p- purely based on merit because they've gotten themselves through difficult situations. They've had injuries. Garrod McInerney is going to be um, a big call for the final. I reckon he will play. It's an All Ireland final, so. I'd say you're gonna you're gonna go with your best men. I mean, um, Derek McGrath alluded last night. He was asked if he had, you know, one of his best men at about seventy five, eighty percent. Would he play him? He said, of course he would. Yeah. You know, um, it's just what kind of a job they're gonna give Garrod McInerney as well on that as well. If he's gonna be doing a stopping role where he's gonna be following, you know, following around Kyle Hayes or someone like that, he who moves a lot. Will that injury tell yeah. after about 20 but minutes? I think going back to the softness point though, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think there was a point in the All-Ireland final last year when Waterford got level or Galway got level with Waterford after Waterford up a point and David Burke turned around to the whole Galway team and said, not, not this time lads, not this time. And there was that steeliness there last year. Whereas when you look at the game in the game against Clare, in the replay in particular, and again going back to the analogy, they were like a boxer who was the champion up against the ropes and he didn't know what to do. Joe Canning stood up, Conor Whelan stood up, right? And Johnny Glynn, who probably didn't have a biggest year last year because he was back and forth from America, did a bit of damage. But you'd worry about the, the other guys. The Conor Cooney's not playing that well. Um, Mannion was unbelievable at the start when he gets all this space, but when it comes down to it, where is he for, for, for that? Um, David Burke had a, a quite a good game, but there's no real urgency about them or they didn't feel like there was an urgency about them in the second half and you'd wonder Liam to your point is that a bit of softness sitting in and if a team like Limerick who has the bit between their teeth with 10 minutes to go gets a run on you will they just say actually do you know what today you can have it lads or versus last year not today lads and, and the attitude in terms of the Galway players will be interesting and that's uh, onto that point as well when we get into that last 10 minutes that's where Limerick have been so strong finishing whether it's in the quarter final or in the semi-final against Cork they really really had their purple patch in that last 10 minutes 
and that's where we were going to look to probably both benches. And yeah. it's it's whatever about looking at the one to fifteen matchups, the bench matchups is actually going to be the win or losing in this game. Yeah. Like because we talked about in, in the last couple of episodes, it's an eighteen to twenty man game now. The Limerick bench won it from the last day against Cork. Will we see that Limerick bench come out on top of the Galway bench in terms of impact, in terms of scoring yeah. forwards? Because really, realistically, that's your changes are going to be from eight up. You know, on bar injury, you're, you're like we saw Galway had to make a couple of changes last time. They brought on Loftus and different things like that, but it was, they were their hand was forced. Ideally, yeah. you don't want to be taking off any of your half backs or anyone in your full back line. No, and and I think if McInerney gets injured, let's say the calf goes, they've the they've the job so straight away. Cooney goes back wing back or centre back, yeah. and Mannion goes in centre back, and Cooney goes wing back. So they've that team. To, I think if they have to bring on a Loftus or another back that we haven't seen, they could be in a bit of trouble because they won't have much game practice there. But Galway have on the bench they've got Jason Flynn and they've got let's say Niall Burke uh, doesn't get the start and maybe to an extent Con Cannon and Davy Glennon right who to me they wouldn't add much but then on the flip side Limerick probably have about seven lads they can bring on and I know you can only make six subs but they've got they've got uh, Dowling and they've got Downs and they've got um, Nash and they've got what's your man's name they got the goal the last day Peter, no, Peter Casey. Peter Casey to come on yeah. as well. And the lad Martin, who, Pat Murphy. Pat Murphy. Well, I don't think his name is Pat. Barry Murphy. Uh, they, they've, they've, they've a serious... Um, they've a, <laughs> Shawnee's, Shawnee's going good in here. Um, but they've, they've a serious... Mar- and even... Pat that, Ryan. Pat Ryan, actually. Yeah. But then they have a Barry Murphy as well. And <laughs> they <laughs> we both got mixed yeah, up boy. there. But um, they've... Uh, is that from Cork, Shawnee? They, they can bring on any one of seven in the forwards. And they can, but they brought on Seamus Hickey in the backs, who's no mean defender either. Like you know what I mean. So they've serious apps. So I think if me personally, we won't get into people. I, th- I think Galway will win the game, but if there's ten minutes to go and Galway are tiring, and Limerick bring on the cavalry and Galway bring on the cavalry, and you're saying who's going to win that battle? I think Limerick will win that battle. Every yeah, day. And, and and it's you know what? It, it, there's such like we we'll go back to Giggles Corner early at this stage with the inches like. That worked for Limerick against Cork the last day. Like, not, nothing's to say that's going to work again the next day. And for against, like, against yeah. Kenny, it works well. Though. Exactly. Well, it, yeah, well, it probably did. To the, yeah, and to an extent it did, but it's just not guaranteed. No. Um, and got, like, Galway subs have proven over the last two years as well that they, they make a huge impact. So it, it is going to be your spot on with the analysis that it's going to come down to that bench and if it is close. And again, well, I, I go back to the fact about... Carol McInerney, he's if his calf will hold out for the full seventy minutes or sixty-five minutes or whatever it's going to be. Um, and the other thing probably we haven't gone through is um, the Limerick fullback uh, Casey. Is it? Yeah. Him and Johnny Glynn is going to be like that's a totally different it's a big full mismatch, forward. isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a completely different matchup to yeah. what he's been used to all year. Did did Walter did he play a bit on Walter Welch against Kilkenny Liam at all? He did, yeah. Yeah. No, he's 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 like Well Walter no Walter didn't play against the Limerick, he was injured. He was injured. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so that he wouldn't have had a, f- a full yeah. forward like that, you see. So Johnny Glynn and I we, I said it in the last game as well, like he's he's just he's so so hard there, to, yeah. to mark and he just draws fellas from everywhere. Like you can see Hannon coming back trying to help out Casey in that instance as well. Like so that's a massive battle and that like on that basis as well I know we haven't gotten predictions yet like but I, I'm just and I've been thinking about it since the Cork Limerick game I've been saying Limerick are going to win this Limerick are going to win the All-Ireland but then when I see in Galway and just what they've come through the calibre player they have yeah. the experience in the All-Ireland final I'm just like I just 
and I look to like Johnny Glean and guys like that, Canning, the bit between his teeth the last day. He's a bit of a chip in his shoulder. You heard him in the commentary afterwards as well. And um, I just, yeah. I, I, Who are you going I'm for, Sean? I'm going for Galway, for? obviously. So <laughs> by what? I'm going for Galway by uh, two points. Jesus. Galway yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Giggles. I, I, I just have a, f- a fear for Limerick that if Hannon goes back to cover Casey and he, there's still no guarantee they can even stop Johnny Glynn catching the ball if he does that and you leave Joe like Limerick Limerick just don't want to let what happened to Clare happen to them in terms of getting a 7-9 to nine point lead because if it happens in an All-Ireland final I don't think it'll come, but there's any comeback for Limerick on that I think Limerick have to get on the front foot straight away I think Limerick have a, a big advantage in midfield I think I think David Burke is a fantastic midfielder but he's not having one of his best years whereas Keane Lynch and the other lad we can't remember his name are both having fantastic years Sorry, you're and, Google that, yeah. and they've all done who to come on from the bench from the Darrow Donovan Darrow Donovan yeah uh, so look I, I, I'm going to go for Galway as well I'm going to go for Galway by four I think it's very similar to last year Galway coming in as the favourites Limerick are in the same position as Warford last year they scraped over Cork uh, in a semi-final and it's a new territory for them and I don't think they'll get over the line I think it'll be Galway by three or four I'm going to throw a cat amongst the pigeons here and go for Limerick I just feel that I think they have that same kind of steel and that mentality that Galway had last year I feel that they've been so solid all year the way they've gone about their business and the way I described it I was talking to a friend of mine from Tipperary there on the phone last night. You were friends in Tipperary? Friend, one friend. One friend, <laughs> one friend in Tipperary. Um, that I think everyone on Limerick's team this year, everyone has been a 7 or an 8 out of 10. They probably haven't had too many 9 out of 10s. Maybe Glan, maybe, right? Yeah. But every one of them has been a 7 or 8 for every match, probably post uh, Monster Championship or up to that game against Clare even. Yeah. You know, so it, like Galway have had a few passengers and they've had to have the likes we spoke about we've had Joe Canning had to pull him out of the fire we had to have Johnny Glynn pull him out of the fire but Limerick have had a spread Yeah, you know what I mean they really have and different people have stood up at different times for them and I do think their bench it's not going to win it on its own but if Galway, if Limerick are within a point or two going down the stretch yeah. against Galway I'd be very confident of Limerick doing it and it shows they don't need to get goals they can do it with points and I tell you it wouldn't be a bad bet to put it on a draw either it, I, I'd love I hope it's tight coming with 10 minutes to go because we'll be excited at the end um, yeah it's going to be a fantastic game so I go, I go Limerick by 2 you're going to Limerick what's the bet 10 to 1 to draw 10 to 1 to draw honestly lads dr- like after what we've seen all year how could you go against that and be in a point or two either side yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's well worth a bet do you know what I mean I'm not, I'm not really a betting man myself now but I, like, well, I was going to ask you a question has any player ever won hurler the year back to back I don't know that now I doubt it because Henry's the only one who's won it three times. I know that, and he's never won it back to back. I don't know has many people ever won it twice even. Why are you thinking Joe Canning? Well, Joe, like it's Joe or Podrick Mannion or yeah. the, the bookies' favourites at the moment. Gillan yeah. has actually gone below them now after yeah. the last day. When you asked me last week, I was saying Podrick Mannion, but my second was Joe Canning. And after the week, if he has managed the match in the All Ireland final, he's going to get Player of the Year for two years in a row, which would be a ridiculous feat for any individual. It is not. Just it was it was in my head yeah. there. I wanted to bring it up at some stage, which and obviously as well. Just before we move on from that, we've also got the minor match on Sunday as well, which Galway are also in against Kilkenny. Oh yeah, which is on a quarter past ten our time. Quarter past. So we'll watch we'll watch both of them. Galway will be heavy favourites for that after their yeah yeah Kilkenny now actually have done well to get into the final. 
Yeah. They've done well to get into the final because um, they didn't have a great campaign early on the year, but they had a great win the last day and now they're in, in, into the final. So. It's interesting, the minors, it's nearly like going back to watch a minor match 15 years ago because the body makeup of the player now is like so much under, scrawnier under than yeah. it was when it because. The minors last year and the year before when it was under 18 were starting to fill out like and they had muscular features and you know you traditionally associate minor teams with like scrawny lads back in the 90s and early noughties but now that it's gone back to under 17 it really is a juvenile grade as yeah. opposed to nearly under 18 is nearly adult now at this stage. Yeah so that'll be that'll be an interesting one again oh, and that's covered. Just a quick one there as yeah. I'm looking at the markets here. Um, first goal scorer. Oh Jesus. Galan uh, surely. Johnny Glynn. Johnny Glynn is at eight dollars fifty. They don't know that you say eight dollars fifty now. Nine to one. Nine to one and eight to one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay, might be worth putting a euro or two on a couple of them for a bit of interest as well. Key for lunch Sunday. is twenty three. Jesus. Ghost. Yeah. Ghosting. So we've got two goal one Limerick as the predictions for Sunday. It's the most exciting weekend of the All Ireland hurling year. We've had a, a brilliant year of it and hopefully we get a brilliant game on Sunday and please God we might get another game over. We're all neutrals this weekend here on G'day GEA so we wish both teams the best of luck. Hopefully we get a cracking game and we'll be back next week to review that but before we wrap up we'll just quickly touch on the other sport. Shawnee's been mad for road here. He's actually been typing his notes up while we've been talking about. It's because Maria is from Manahan and Galloway she's forced him to talk about it. He's <laughs> mad to talk about the football. So we'll give Shawnee his 90 seconds on uh, the All Ireland football semi finals. I talk to God as much as I talk to Satan because I want to hear both sides. Does that make me cynical? There are no miracles and this is no miraculous life. I savor hate as much as I crave love because I'm just a twisted guy. Is this the pinnacle? Is this the pinnacle? The pinnacle of being alive? Now I see the light. We're going well, lads. But, lads, bring the bit of fucking development into your play the next day now on the Tigerish play. The discipline, the tightness. The the, 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 the the rough and tumble stuff all around the middle of the field, the fucking breaking ball, and a, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lads. A grain of rice will tip the scale. But you'll have to get steely tough upstairs, and you must be willing to fucking break your gut. You were fucked over the line twice. Fucked over the line like you'd catch a fucking loaf of bread and fucked you over the line with his shorts up. And what that does is, it lifts the opposition. We don't want to see no Westmead man fucked about. Is that clear now, Alan? No more. You will have to be closer. Closer to fuck. We'll have to fucking crash into these fellas and test out their fucking pulse. Because I'm telling you, lads, these fellas that play good football if they're alone. Give me one fucking guarantee each and every one of you that you're going to be tighter, that you're going to be more disciplined, that you're going to be more tigerish, and that you're going to take the fucking game to these fellas. That these fellas will get such a fucking shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their fucking asses for fucking ten years. This ain't a miracle. This ain't a miracle. This ain't a miracle. Oh. 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 
So uh, we just had to do a bit of editing there because Shawnee was so mad to get into the football. He started <laughs> speaking, even though we normally do a little bit of music break in order to get the game home. But he's just mad for us. So Shawnee, look, I won't say any more. Go for it, Shawnee. Football. Tell well, us all about it. I've just given you football is uh, an Irish game. <laughs> no, but seriously, we've been neglecting football all year and I've been trying to get this on the podcast a bit more. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit hard because the two um, hurling snobs here. Um, so I sat down this weekend. There was no hurling on this weekend, so I said I'd put on Diego and I watched Dublin and Galway on Saturday. Galway, coming into the game after a loss against uh, Monaghan the week before, weren't coming in very well. Not not fancied at all, as, as you can imagine, against Dublin. Started very well. Comer got a beautiful goal in the first 10 minutes. Fisted a ball as um, Cluxton came out and tried to gather a ball. Beautiful goal. It was a great goal, goal actually. Yeah. Um, pretty much it was kind of tit for tat in the first first uh, half Conor Callan got a great goal after some serious work with Brian Finton um, Galloway played very well stayed in touch with Dublin all the way to the second half but like Dublin just looked like they were in third gear second half it was just the Dublin show all over Kieran Kikini just ran a muck around the place Galloway just held the ball held the ball just started popping over points Costello McMenamin came on Mannion was serious from play. Um, Mannion, Mannion kicked two or three oh, ridiculous score off his right and off his left. Yeah, yeah. crazy stuff altogether. Um, but it's like like Dublin are just on a roll here, lads. They're just an absolute machine. Like it just it goes it goes to show the championship, the football championship needs Mayo and Kerry in it. Absolutely, it just needs if they were playing Kerry there instead of playing Galway. And you Clifford and get you know as as bad an all the year as Kerry have had, there would have been more biting it, and it would have been more interesting yeah. game. It was, and it was like there was only fifty four thousand as you alluded earlier there, Liam as well. I mean, it's bad when yeah, the Dubs are getting bored of their own success. When <laughs> when the Dubs couldn't fill it out, like they're going for um, five in a row. I was I was four in a row. Four, sorry, I was at a Leinster final uh, in two thousand and twelve. I was in the Paddy Power box actually, and there was eighty one thousand at a Leinster final to watch against Leash, or against Kildare. Well, sorry, and like. That was the Leinster final back then. And like 54,000 for an All-Ireland semi-final. For the dubs, they sell out everything. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, but it that's the impact though as well of the Super 8s in terms of... Too many games. Too many games when the games haven't been of good quality. So yeah. we've been blessed with the hurling. All the games have been very good. The attendances are way up in Munster Championship and Leinster Championship. And then we've had really high attendances for the hurling semi-finals because of the games. First, the football, like we've just said, is... Bit of a snore fest. It is, and you had you had the teams who had to play like uh, consecutive weeks into playing all Ireland semi final. So it was like it was like the GA didn't really give them that respect either to the football that they played them directly after for after the qualifier week. So and so we were looking at Dublin or in Shawnee, and then you actually stayed up and watched Monaghan live. Your your wife, your beautiful wife Maria, is from yeah, Monaghan. A vested interest in Monaghan at, at the moment. So um, yeah, I've stayed up to watch Monaghan Tyrone and like Tyrone. Did you regret that, Shawnee? I, I am now, right, because I'm hanging to go to bed, so. Um, Tyrone, Tyrone came out of the blocks flying. Monaghan, Monaghan stayed in touch. Their defence were, were all over the place, but they had McManus up front again. He was running amok, even though he was very very well tightly marked. He still found the space. Monaghan got into the game, got to grips with Tyrone, kicking some serious points. Uh, Conor McCarthy, who played Fitzgibbon, the Fitzgibbon final this year. Sigerson. Or Sigerson, sorry. <laughs> Sigerson. Sigerson. <laughs> <laughs> he drew it up at half time then the second half pretty much was like you know a point for point all the way through and then I think on 63 minutes you're, like a, man, Sudden, you're a man Sludden Nile Sludden <laughs> got a, a goal Monaghan fairness came back into the game got the next four point or three points 
and Drew Wiley that came up from full back and scored the um, just before the one to bring within one just within one yeah that's right um, and then oh my god then what came up the field Rory Began came up the field and drew a boot and a ball from 60 yards oh, it was, was it a free in though do you think the guy was fouled yeah he was fouled he was fouled do you yeah. know what a lot, a lot of, like that was an actually an exciting game because it was score for score all the way through yeah but like in general the two games like you know it's a if you if you had no interest in, in any of the teams like just watching it was so hard I had to flick through the, the Dublin Galway game just to get to get past to get to the end really because like, it was yeah. it was a shocking game and it's just all oh, a Dublin show I just can't I can't see anyone touching Dublin like Tyrone will be cynical and they were very cynical in the Monaghan game Colum Cabinet got men of the match and like to be honest some of the stuff he's at like and look it's that's part of the, it's the part of the game, game at the yeah. moment and it's part of it like he was throwing himself down for freeze which looks awful like he's a six foot five joint of a man in the middle of the field and he's just throwing himself down and without, without, without very little contact but it's, it's interesting on the Dublin side that let's say last year's All-Ireland final if Dear McConnelly didn't come on at half time Mayo probably win the All-Ireland he yeah. was so good in the second half and he's over having a few points. In There's a brilliant photo up he's on asleep. the internet where Dublin are playing the one yeah. and Dearmo's asleep and all the boys are watching the game. Um, but they lose a player of that quality. Like imagine Kilkenny losing TJ yeah. or Cork losing Seamus Harney or Patrick mm. Horgan. And they're still and just the coasting through. On. The machine goes on. And Jim Gavin, like, like as droll as he is, yeah. he's an amazing manager yeah. and the system they haven't played there. Look, they're they're going to walk the four in a row, lads. Let's be called Spade Spade. Tyrone will put it up to him. And they'll be like, Tyrone's game is, is, you know, it's very cynical. And they are, look, they are a fairly well conditioned team. I think they've played the last eight weeks in a row. I'd say Dublin will win the Iron final by 10 points or more. I don't think Tyrone have the forwards to score. Do you take a bet with him now on that, Johnny? I wouldn't because <laughs> Dublin are capable. Like Liam Dublin are so far ahead of everybody. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous at the moment. They're going to they're gonna put... Mick O'Dwyer made a comment. Are this Dublin team a great team? Well, no, they're not because we used to hammer the shit out of all the teams and we used to win four in a row or three in a row. And Dublin have only beaten Mayo by a point both times. Now, there's an argument... Mick O'Dwyer. So there's an argument on Mick O'Dwyer's side there that maybe the teams the Kerry were playing back in the 80s weren't as good no. as the Mayo teams and the Kerry teams that are there now. But Dublin are going to walk in All-Ireland this year. And actually with Paddy Powers, before the weekend, so before they won their semi-final to do the four in a row, they were even money to do the five in a row. What? Yeah. Even money to five in a row? Even, and, and who'd but bet like, against it? There was a serious... Yeah. And like I heard uh, on a different podcast during the week, Eamon Fitzmaurice was on the boat. You know, just on improvements in the game. And the, the one thing he did say, and this was a factor of yesterday's game because it wasn't the reason why Monaghan lost the game, but the refereeing is shocking, like... The refereeing is brutal, and it's because of the game is so cynical. And just on refereeing, the guy who was refing the Monaghan and Tyrone game was out refing the Australian Asian games in Perth last year, refing the football. Oh, he was too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's like, on about two referees. To, to referee a tackle in football is so difficult. That's like, the other thing. Yeah. It's a tackle. You like, do you put the fists in? Is that a free? Jesus, I had to referee a football game out in Gaelic Park there one day. I had to actually turn around to a fella. He was roaring at me about the rules. I goes, I don't know the rule. I've given the free go away from me. Yeah. There you go. It was That's the standard refereeing we have out here. <laughs> Leave the side down giggles now with that. Now, mind you, we were after winning the championship and I was forced into refereeing the game. Fair play to your During your football final. But look, the football, we, we will touch on that. We will do an old preview of the other. It might, be, might be just you, Shani. That's the most respect football has been given in this podcast. No, Joe, to be fair, let's just say about about football I've got a lot of feedback from some hurling people saying keep that football off it because we've had so much in the hurling <laughs> this year 
that we've it's not as if we've been looking for football to, to keep us going last year the way the hurling was are, yeah. you had three three weeks four weeks in between games and the football yeah. happened to be happening in those windows where the hurling and football are having competition with each other now yeah. you know in fairness you're going to go over the energy is and the energy is with the hurling championship yeah. oh, there's no you know question I mean? that Liam and like you know, this year's championship hurling has just put us way out in front of the football again yeah, yeah. and look look that's where that one is but just we have got I've been doing some live Instagram as we've been going through and I have got some feedback as we were going uh, from Ronan Costello he's back home in Galway big fan of the podcast he says that I'm actually his favourite on it but he's after <laughs> messaging in here saying Galway to win by six that's his prediction now. I know he's looking for tickets at the moment. He's under a bit of pressure. He's home, home. For, he's home yeah, for it, yeah. He's yeah. home for it. So hopefully Ronan gets uh, some tickets and hopefully he'll be, be happy. Nice to see at the Ireland final. He'll be nice to see Ronan at the Ireland final. Hopefully he's a happy man Sunday at five o'clock. He might take over and give us a, a bit of a buff dial uh, Snapchat update. He was actually photographed with Buff recently. He was at a number 21 match between uh, Galloway and Tip and he was in the background of one he of Buff's was, snaps. And then, yeah. and then they took off. They took off from behind Buff and you couldn't see him again and then they were snapping Buff from the side. They were afraid. To, I'd say they were in awe of Buff. I think they were starstruck. It must be weird being beside Buff at yeah. match though. Because yeah. <laughs> Snapchat stories now are more likely to be at 2 o'clock in the morning than <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the day watching a match. But anyway. We won't go down that territory <laughs> now. So look, we might leave it for today. One year anniversary. 32 episodes done. That's the 33rd. Um, thanks very much for coming on the journey with us and thanks very much to O'Neill's International Sports where the choice of champions who have, who have brought this show um, to the next level with their apparel um, and wearing a lovely O'Neill's half zip top it's actually from the Parnell range and you can get it online on the O'Neill's website I will put the link up in the bio on Instagram page as well because I know people are looking for Christmas gifts now it's getting to that time of year get in quick before all the gear is gone that's all I'll say Shani, thanks for having us. What are you Googling there, Shani? Thanks, lads. No, I'm just checking the Instagram there. Okay. Giggles, thanks for coming along. No, good to be here again, lads. 33 All-Irelands is Johnny Mulholland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll be back next week with a recap and hopefully we'll be looking forward to an replay. Have a good night. Take care.